Hi everyone, uh, welcome to the first episode of Junket. I'm Evan Schwartz. Uh, I wanted to start a podcast that gave me the excuse to talk to cool people and basically just whoever I want. And so I've done that. Uh, the idea is that I want to interview all kinds of filmmakers about specific films from their careers that interest me. And uh, hopefully we'll have some cool conversations. And today I have a very cool conversation. I have special guest Lynn Hirschman Leeson, uh, who directed Technolust. Technolust is a film that uh, first and foremost stars four clones of Tilda Swinton. Uh, but it's also a joyful and hopeful and loving exploration of technology's relationship to humanity. Feel free to listen to this interview before checking out the film if you haven't seen it. Uh, it's kind of a hard film to spoil. Uh, I think it'll provide some good context for you. And if you have seen it, I think you'll learn a thing or two. She says some stuff in here that I definitely didn't know about. Um, it's a short and sweet interview. Really enjoyed speaking with her. Um, and anyway, so I, I hope you enjoy my talk with uh, Lynn Hirschman Leeson. All right, so the first thing I'm really curious about with Technolust is uh, how does a project like this come to be in terms of the pitch, the funding, and the development? I'm very curious, especially with your background in visual arts um how do you get a film like this off the ground i know you had done conceiving ada first um but how did technolust come to be um well i um i made a film uh a a, a video with you know borrowed equipment and it was called long shot and um i sent it off to france and it won a prize in a in the festival and I think first prize, and uh, you know, it was like my second video. And there was somebody there from Z ZDF Television, and so they commissioned me to do um, three films. And Conceiving Ada was the first, and Technolust was the second. So that's how it happened. I mean, it's very simple. I didn't have to go out and raise money for it. Uh, so. Really? So it's, is it, was it the kind of thing where you could just say, I'm doing this and, and they gave you free reign? Um, they were, they gave me a lot of free reign. Um, they, they liked Conceiving Ada a lot. And I think they trusted me. And, um, and then because Tilda was in it, uh, I had a lot of leeway to, to make it crazy. So, so um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't like there were investors that were breathing down my neck and wanting it to be commercial and all of that. Yeah, I mean, do you feel like that's kind of coming from a different film industry? I feel like, you know, 20 something years have passed and it feels like the industry is really different now in terms of how films are financed and made. Yeah, I think now, you know, it seems like everything is streaming and you don't have independent investors. I think the day of the indie is over i think it was that was the time but uh you know that one could uh break through as an independent and i don't think that's possible now uh, i think it's a whole different system yeah and i get how did how did tilda get involved because she wasn't she wasn't the big big hollywood star she is now no i mean with uh you know i had seen orlando and I thought, well, you know, she she's one of the few people I thought could do it. 
and um, uh, it, it was just that everything is accidental, you know, and um, people were saying, oh, she'll never do it, and don't have a big budget, um, but I happened at the, I was showing a film at the Berlin Film Festival, and I happened to sit right next to someone, and they asked me what I was doing, and I told them, I said I wanted Tilda to do it, and they said she was their best friend, so she called Tilda, and Tilda called me, <laughs> and then when her agent found what my budget was, he said, we, we could only have her, you know, for a short time. So, um, uh, conceiving Ada, we shot in five days. No, it was. Yeah. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Yeah, it's true. Wow. was longer, you know, maybe eight or 10 days, not much longer than that. You're, you're saying Technolust was made in, in 10 or less days. Yeah. That's really hard to believe because there's so many. I mean, especially were there challenges with with doing four Tilda Swintons? I mean, how do you do that in such a short period of time? It was actually easier, you know, because you didn't have multiple actors and because it was Tilda, you know, so she she was great. Um, I think I would have had more trouble if I had different kind, different actors, different kinds of actors. And it was the first time I used a sound stage, so um, you know things were uh, developed there, and it was not a lot of running around with the crew. Did you have like an extensive pre-production process? Um, because it's such a, I mean, the sets and the car she drives and everything is just it feels so intentional and all so planned out and and beautifully executed and I, like what was the pre-production like uh it was it was fairly simple i had a really good production designer and like with the car i saw it on the street and we tracked one down <laughs> so that happened um but everything was serendipitous you know what like meeting tilda you know so um it was, uh, you know, we just ran with it. And and of course, you know, other funding fell through. I thought I was going to get some investors. And the night before, you know, they they my attorney said uh, was going to invest. And he said nobody had invested and he quit. And so we were left, you know, with with nothing except for what I got from from German television. And so I just kept cutting scenes and um, and we did it you know it wasn't it wasn't a leisurely shoot but uh somehow you know i was really committed to doing it i had a contract with tilda that i had to pay her whether or not we made the film so we we're gonna make the film so what kind of director are you like what the the performances are so expressive and so heightened and i'm curious like kind of uh, what kinds of directions would you give on set to kind of get those amazing performances? I think that I talk to actors and listen to them. I also um, do a lot of improv and collaboration. Uh, often the, the actors are, are pretty intelligent and they have better ideas and I let them go with it. So I think because they weren't used to it, and uh, and the nature of improvisation, you know, we were able to to go further, and that's kind of the way the whole thing was. You know, much most of it was, you know, improv as to how to shoot it and 
what they were going to say, even though we had a script, but we veered a lot from that script. Really? So would you say there was like a lot of improv like that made it into the cut? Almost all of them. I mean, in one case, I put the camera over uh, Tilda and I guess Jeremy Davies and and even the cameraman left. So they were just in bed talking for an hour. <laughs> we used a lot of it. Your work focuses on um, the relationship between technology and humanity. And I'm curious, from your perspective, making this movie, did you feel hopeful or scared about technology at the time? This was such a different time. And I'm curious, like, kind of what your perspective was when making this film. Well, I've, I've never been afraid of technology. I'm always hopeful because ultimately, you know, it's people who are behind the technology and people who are able to pull the plug also, you know, if it gets out of hand. So, um, I mean, I, I would say more curious and fascinated with the possibilities of technology. Um, and, uh, you know, one other thing that's important is you have to keep your sense of humor. You can't take any of this too seriously because that kind of uh kind of pushes it downward so uh there there was a lot of uh a lot of spirit in making the film the film is so joyful and and it does feel so hopeful and, and beautiful and um yeah i just i love i love the i love the band-aid um <laughs> I, I love i just i love I love all the little touches. They're just so playful. and um, oh, well, they, well, were, they were kind of plays on other movies, you know, like um, uh, there were other movies where the lead had, had was wearing a Band-Aid, but I just moved the Band-Aid over. <laughs> but, but most of those things were based on other things that had, had happened cinematically. So there's kind of like an in-joke this was one of the first productions fully digital or what's the story behind that yeah it was 24 um uh, it was a uh, high high definition 24 frame video um george lucas claimed that he did it first but i did mine maybe three weeks earlier um that's what the lab told me they said mine looked better but <laughs> but it was it was one of the first anyway to do that so how did you come upon that technology at the time um did your dp suggest it was it your idea well i think i i somebody told me about it the engineer i was working with the sound engineer told me about it so you know we were able to get it through him and and work with that yeah i mean it feels like it couldn't have been shot on film it's... And it would have taken so long on film and editing would have been so expensive. So when working in other visual mediums, what it what it, I guess what's the difference between the headspace you get into when making a film and when doing basically anything else that you do? Film is is the hardest and it's also the most intense. I say, you know, if you're doing art, you could do other things. You could take a walk, you could do all, all kinds of other things, uh, or I can anyway, uh, no matter how intense the art making is. But with film, it's absolutely, you can't do anything else but the film. 
it's like completely engrossing uh, and it takes up all of your effort and energy. And I find it's really, you know, as, as uh, glorious as it is and how as rewarding as it is, as fun as it is, uh, I, you can't, it, it just takes takes every ounce of your spirit and, and, uh, and thought to, to get it done, especially these low budget films. I don't know what it's like to work with a, a real budget, but I expect it's not as it's not as stressful. Yeah, I mean, do you have any ways of keeping yourself sane while working on a film? Because it, it is such a long and exhausting process. Uh, no, you know, at the time I was making it, I think I I think making the film made me sane. Not making it would have been a problem. So uh, what else do you have going on right now? Um, what, what are you working on? Uh, well, in my art, I did I'm doing a project called the Infinity Engine, which is um, about genetic engineering. And the last thing I did for it was the conversion of my research into DNA itself, as well as an antibody named after me. But the new project that I'm doing, which is also part of this whole uh effort uh is uh is a piece about about anti-aging and i just was able to get an anti-aging powder from china made and uh that'll be an installation with a bunch of mirrors because <laughs> because i looked i uh looked up all the scientists i had been working with on the on the infinity engine which were leading scientists you know maybe 20 they were all working with immortality and 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 age resistance because after they develop CRISPR, they're able to regenerate cells. So that's the next step. And as far as film, um, I started a project in the mid 1990s. The first was called Seduction of a Cyborg, and the second was called Shadow Stalker, which was 2017. Then to, then in Venice. Uh, I did a, a a piece called Logic Paralyzes the Heart. And then the fourth part of that whole series um, is is called uh, Immortality. And it's it's written and performed by a chat GPT character who wrote the script. But I, I, I worked with one of the first chat programs in 1996. It was an extension of Technolust. And it was called agentruby.net, and you could chat with the character. So I've been doing it um, for a while. It's really interesting kind of seeing you uh, stay very consistent in your thesis throughout your career. Um, but how, do you feel the mindset has changed as things have advanced? Or uh, how, do you, how do you feel about uh, where you're coming from with your work as the years go by? Well, I, I think, you know, it... Uh, it's too bad that it took 23 years for people to realize how overlooked my my work was. I think if if people had given it a chance when I made it, uh, that I probably would have been able to make a lot more uh, films and feature films. But being female in those days um, and doing these weird projects that that didn't make any money you know it's really uh really difficult but um uh but you know i'm i'm doing things anyway
Yeah, well, I always see techno less pop up on social media and people people still talk about it. It's it's quite a popular film, I would say. Well, now it is. And, um, you know, it's it's been the test of time and it's it's on Criterion. It was on last year. Now they re rebought it and they're re-releasing it. So um, that's all good. You know, I, I think with all of my work, it gets, I do it and then it gets discovered 30 years later. So this is not just this film, it's most of what I do. Ahead of its time. Well, it's in its time. It's just that nobody else is. What was the, I guess, what was the distribution like for Technolust? Because I, I actually am completely unaware of what, um, did it play in theaters? Did, what was the... You know, I paid for it to open in New York and San Francisco. I booked the theater and put it in and hired a publicist. But there were supposed to be some, it played at Sundance and people booed um, and walked out of the theater. It played in Berlin and it was the same same thing happened. And uh, so people who were going to distribute it didn't want to do it. Even though we had a contract that they were supposed to, they they just didn't do it so in order to get a scene at all you know I was I I had to take that take charge of that so so it didn't get really a distributor till about two years ago <laughs> so yeah that is the first episode of Junket I have some really exciting guests lined up so definitely follow at Junket pod on Twitter or at evian.official on Instagram if you want to stay up to date with everything that's about to come because it's going to be a lot of fun. Anyway, thank you for listening and I will see you on the next episode.